Impeachment trials heat up in the Senate. Highly infectious Wuhan coronavirus spreads. Mr. Peanut is dead. And today is the March for Life. I'm Chandler. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Welcome to the Matt and Chan Show. I'm Chandler, of course, sitting here with Matt White. How's it going, Matt? It's going good. Just another morning. Um, yeah, grateful to be alive. It's a good day. Yeah, great day to be an American. Yes, sir. So what are our news of the day? Um, I think we should jump first into impeachment. Impeachment, obviously, this week opened up in the Senate. Trials going on. Nothing new is coming out because there's nothing there. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on where impeachment's going? Um, it's a big nothing burger. <laughs> yes. It literally is. It's a big hoax, as you've been hearing our president say. It is nothing. Um, I've been having conversations all week about this. It's going to be an acquittal, and I don't think it's going to last more than two weeks. I know the Republicans have the floor Saturday and Sunday um, to bring up people on their side. I just don't see it going anywhere. Um, it's just, it's literally a pipe dream at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be interesting, though, if uh, they were to bring on as uh, witnesses Hunter Biden, maybe Joe Biden, like, like maybe we might see things uh, flip a little bit for the Democrats, depending on who gets called as witnesses. Yep, Hunter Biden. Oh, my gosh. Like, what do you what? Like, this guy has done all this stuff in Ukraine. No experience. He's making, what, a million dollars doing all that. I don't know. It's tons of money over there. And, um no, no job experience, nothing. And yeah, he's a weird dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a absolutely. Weird dude. I mean, can you blame him though? Joe Biden is your father. Lots of power as a kid. Like, in a way, not much different than like a like a kid of a Hollywood star or music star. Like, mm-hmm. in a way, it's not a great setup. But still, he's accomplished nothing in his life other than things through his father's name. Yeah, it's just, it's absurd. Um, I'd love to see, I think Trump was justified. Um, and he's been saying all week, look at the transcripts. Yeah. It's there. He made he made a perfectly good phone call. I'm repeating what the president said, literally like, yeah. And I think there's some truth there. I think there's some actual corruption and he actually campaigned on this issue. So it's like, get right after it. Let's get it. Like, come on. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's irritating. For sure. Yeah, it's been uh, interesting to follow Adam Schiff's uh, different comments on uh, the whole purpose of this impeachment. Uh, I think you've got a clip loaded up on uh, something he said. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and play that? Yep, sound clip number 22. When we're done, we believe that we will have made the case overwhelmingly of the president's guilt. That is... He's done what he's charged with. He withheld the money. He withheld the meeting. He used it to coerce Ukraine to do these political investigations. He covered it up. He obstructed us. He's trying to obstruct you. And he's violated the Constitution. Wow. (laughs) Thoughts, Chandler? What are your thoughts? I mean... We know in politics, like the whole thing early in, in impeachment, obviously this has now sort of been just brushed back because there's nothing there, but like of a quid pro quo that like, uh, before this happens, this has to happen. Basically that's common in politics. Like you're not, it, the US isn't just gonna dole out money all over the world 
with no benefit to us. And when there's actual corruption going on in the Ukraine involving U.S. citizens, I think it's in the American interest to investigate it. Certainly, that was the case when uh, Trump-Russia stuff was being investigated, that, oh, there's corruption involving Americans overseas. The American public deserves to know about it. However many millions of dollars were spent on that, how many uh, years and of just time wasted for the American public for nothing to show up there. I think we at least deserve to know what was going on with Hunter Biden in the Ukraine. And if this was a way to accomplish that, I think that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I was given a listen to Dan Bongino yesterday, Tom Fitton, and was talking about um, just the corruption in Ukraine and the justification for our president to go and find out what's going on there. Um, Hunter Biden and the, and the Bidens in general, there's so much money being laundered within them. You have even the Clinton campaign with their foundation and everything. There's a lot of dirty money out there. And I think Trump wants to get after all of this corruption in D.C. He's literally said it since day one. We got to drain the swamp. Let's get after it. Let's get these people out of here. These people aren't making our country better at all. Yeah, these career politicians are are just what he implied uh, when he said drain the swamp throughout his campaign. And, and it's great to see him actually do something. I, I think there was a little while where I was kind of skeptical, like, I don't really see Trump fulfilling that. There were there were things here and there, but it seemed like uh, in a lot of ways, it's like, well, is there really any swamp draining going on? Uh, and it's great to see some corrupt politicians having to at least uh, be put under a little bit of pressure, if not uh, have something actually happen in terms of uh, a punishment or, or some sort of retribution. Yeah, I just, I think Trump, it's like what we said last week, he's coming in, he's making his promises happen, and he's just here to get the job done. He's literally not taking any money doing this job. He's losing money doing this job. Um, he could be very happy living in Florida. So it's just like, yeah, he doesn't need to do this job. And a lot of people don't understand that. Um, and he's fighting for the American people and the things that this country was founded on. Um, and I think it's it shows in what's going on. Don't believe what the media tells you. They're spinning things. The media has always done that. And that's both sides, left and right. Um, these people have a bias. You're not going to find your news there. You got to be informed. You got to be looking across every platform, BBC, Politico. You got to look across the board and pull out the truth for yourself because you're not going to find it in the media. So, and that's just laziness um, if you just go to one source to get your news because you're not going to be informed. Yeah, for sure. There's what I really hate too is that you get uh, news agencies like uh, CNN and there's an implication that they're unbiased. Are you kidding me? Like, there's a clearly a, a bias to the, the political left there, but I mean, at least like a, a Fox News uh, or even MSNBC, like you know which side they're claiming to line up most of the time. Uh, but yeah, it's ridiculous how much bias there is in, in the media. It would be really great if we could just get straightforward, here's what's going on, make up your own mind about it. Yeah, and it's it's literally what the news used to be. A lot of this stuff that's happened in Ukraine, this corruption, these are big news articles that could be big time news today. But we're gonna have to deal with this impeachment hearing until it's over. So, and, and like Chan said last episode, the day after impeachment, three days after, <laughs> literally you're gonna have a new bombshell thing and it's gonna be the next big thing to get Trump. Literally, it's been happening since day one, since he was elected. The day after he was elected, Washington Post came out and said, it is now starting the process to impeach the president. 
wow, it's almost been four years and it's still going on. It's nothing new. It was going to happen anyways. And yeah, the news is going to keep talking about him until he's out of office. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to circle back to the uh, Wuhan uh, coronavirus, that highly infectious disease that originated in China. I guess now there's been multiple cases uh, surface in the U.S. Uh, yep. How serious is this? Is this something that we need to be uh, very concerned about right now? Um, yes, I think it is um, a serious thing to look at. Um, so you have 11 million people in Wuhan. There are 291 cases within the city. They've now quarantined the city and they shut down the airport. Um, this is big things. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I was doing some reading on it uh, yesterday and this morning, and it seems like it doesn't have the, at this point at least, isn't a super deadly virus. Yeah. Uh, it's not like um, Ebola or something yeah. spreading throughout the world, but still, it, I was reading like, and this is common, uh, if you have like young children or people with compromised immune systems, this can prove to be a deadly virus and it's so infectious, spreading very rapidly. Uh, I think we're seeing potential problems maybe with infrastructure in China where uh, this disease is able to spread so quickly and um, yeah hopefully uh, this can be used as a, a way to um, correct any issues that are going on before uh, something like this happens with a more serious virus. Yeah, um, BBC.com put out an article and a lot of these um, facts came out. Um, that um, it's usually linked to the seafood market. So in China, that's a very big um, business. And um, so I would stay away from seafood, at least if it's coming from China, um, especially since, um, yeah, it's just something that can spread easily. It's now, um, now that they've reported that it can be spread human to human, as we've seen, um, having the two cases in the United States, two in Thailand, one in Japan, South Korea, and in Taiwan. Um, it's spreading. I don't think it's gonna be like an Ebola, like you said, but it is something that China has to look at. It is a serious health concern because 11 million people, think about it, if all those people get sick. Yeah. That's the economy right there and everything. So, um, yeah, and I think China China was trying to cover this thing up. Mm -hmm. So they're, they want to be a strong nation. They're coming after the U.S. Um, they're set to pass the U.S. economically and everything by 2030. Um, and they want, to be, they want to be the next superpower. Yeah, and th this certainly doesn't look good for them uh, in terms of that and understandable why they would try to cover it up, but not beneficial to their people, not beneficial to uh, the global population where uh, maybe if this was addressed by some more uh, advanced countries, if China said, hey, US, England, some other country with uh, great uh, medical history, what can uh, we do to contain this quickly? Maybe things wouldn't have spread as, as fast and this would already be a, a non-issue. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Wuhan um, that this can get solved. Um, yeah, this is not not th nothing to be played with at all, but yeah, it's, it's a serious issue. I know we had a, a friend here that goes to Fresno Pacific and he actually was stopped at the airport because he had a fever, so and now he's, where, where is he from by he's, the way? he's from hong kong um, yeah yeah so hopefully we can get him on the show i'd like to hear some interesting points i know he was part of the protests earlier this year and now there's stuff going on within china and wuhan um and i think it's some some big news right there yeah absolutely 
Uh, on a much lighter note, I think uh, we have found out recently that Mr. Peanut is dead. You know, that lovable, peanut-shaped, well-dressed character. Uh, face of Planner's Peanuts? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Planner's Peanuts, Mr. Peanut. So, honestly, so we just want to, like, go through the clip right now, walk through our audience um, on Mr. <laughs> Peanut's uh, tragic death. Yeah, let's do it. So if you can't see it, a couple guys see they're driving the peanut mobile, fall off a cliff. Uh, you guys really got to go check out this clip. Uh, go for it. Come on. Hey, Mr. Peanut, no, you don't. Don't do it. No. Mr. Peanut just let go of a, a branch. Maybe he'll be all right. And explodes upon landing. Yep, 1916 to 2020. Wow, Mr. Peanut. Tragic. <laughs> so we have our special guest, Seth Garcia, to the show, Fresno Pacific history major. Um, yes, so. Hello, so, podcast people. <laughs> Seth, what are your thoughts on Mr. Peanut? Um, it makes me want to go buy some freaking nuts and eat nuts. Like, I feel moved. I, I'm not a big nut guy myself, um, but... Um, seeing his tragic death on on the internet has moved me to go purchase from this company in honor of him. Um, however, I have a feeling my girlfriend will get mad because her family is almond farmers. Oh. This is a peanut guy, so oh. it's a conflict of interest. I'm, I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Liz, right? Uh, shout out to my girlfriend Elizabeth. Um, yeah, so. I don't really know. Do I want her to be mad at me or do I want to, you know, support his funeral costs? I think we're looking at a secret peanut buying mission uh, oh, for you. Most definitely. At this point. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. It would, I she's, think, go, she's going home this weekend and I'm staying here. So oh, I know perfect. exactly you're, what I'm doing this weekend. You're I'm buying peanuts. Buying some peanuts, yes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Seth, thank you for your uh, contribution. Oh, of course, yeah, heck yeah. Anything for Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you? What are your uh, plans? Because I know they're going to be doing the funeral on uh, the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah. After the halftime <clears throat> show, are there any plans or um, any things over the next week that you're going to be doing? Yeah, to prepare for this. Um, like, I know you said a secret buying mission. But... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm. I'll probably go out this weekend and, and purchase um, a couple. Um, bottles i would say uh, what are the, the bottles the plastic jars, jars yeah. things or whatever um a couple containers worth yeah. of uh planters peanuts um probably a smaller one for my own personal eating um <laughs> habits um and then probably a few more for uh, the super bowl uh party that we'll, we'll be having in our apartment sounds good yeah. i know a lot of uh, companies have reached out um showing their remorse for Mr. Peanut's death. Oh, yes. so. As they should. He's uh, older than many of the brands that we have today. And so I feel like it's a sign of uh, just kind of respect for a company that's lasted, you know, Mr. Peanut's 104 years old. So it's pretty respectable, I think. His work's done. His yeah, work's done. His work's done. He's made yeah. it through many world wars, many other wars. He, he, he deserves peace. Yeah. He deserves rest. That he does. Beautiful words, Seth. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be talking about Project Veritas in a new video this week, and AOC on saying the left is not left enough for her. So we'll be right back.
All right, welcome back. We're going to be going over um, some AOC um, news of the day. Um, this is just two days ago um, where she comes out and she talks about the Democrat Party. Um, we're going to pull up sound clip number 23. Can't even get a vote on it. So this is not a left party. There are left members inside the Democratic Party that are working to try to make that shift happen. Um, but you're right, it does convey a certain uh, sentiment about true believers and um... so um yeah she talks about um people in the democrat party not being left enough <laughs> that's laughable right yeah you see that the democrat debates everybody's trying to do the same thing as everybody else is doing um and it's very evident in our politics today socialism is a big topic but it comes up undercover democratic socialism Chan, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't care what you put in front of the word socialism. Democratic socialism, national socialism, it's socialism. And, and when we're talking about state control over um, goods and services, we see this throughout history that it does not benefit the people. Um, we know that capitalism has lifted millions of people out of poverty um, and socialism has put millions of people into poverty. Uh, like, this is very obvious when you look at uh, world history and world events. I think that, as uh, in a way, though, I think it's good that AOC is saying what she's saying because it shows their true colors and it shows that um, they're not content with uh, moderate leftism, moderate socialism. They want to go all in, they want to be a uh, completely socialist state. And I think the American people don't want that. The American people love their freedom. Uh, we love our uh, ability to choose what we buy, where we live, um, what services we get. And even though sometimes that means there's a disparity, like, you know, uh, say I can't afford the same, uh, I can't get the new iPhone, I can't afford to buy the new iPhone, but I'm really content that I can buy like five model iPhones ago because there's so much innovation as a result of capitalism and uh, it, it just makes the uh, the baseline of uh, of poverty versus middle class uh, so much higher um, where even uh, your poorest people in the United States in this primarily capitalist society are so much wealthier than anybody in a socialist society. Yep. Um... Chan, you just hit it right <laughs> on the spot. Um, yeah, socialism is a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. And we cannot keep allowing it to be spewed out here as a good thing. It's in our education system. It is being taught to kids as young as like kindergarten. This thing, oh yeah, um, socialism's a good thing. It is not a good thing. This thing is dangerous. It's killed millions and millions of people. This is not something good. Um, we talk about learning from history. It has never worked. You can do your research. You can pull up the next Vox article that socialism, there's a new version of it that's going to work. It's not going to work. I'm sorry. It's, we have people like AOC that are in Congress that are allowing, and there's, this is the thing that, what do they call it? The, the squad. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have Omar, we have these various people in the left party that are just, oh my goodness, it's just, <laughs> it's irritating. I don't, yeah, it's just, it's, it's out there. Yeah. 
Um, we have a special guest back here. We got Seth Garcia. What are your thoughts on socialism? Um, well, can you hear it this time? Yep, you're good. Uh, it, like, like you just said, Matt, like it's, historically it does not work. You know, countless theories, like theoretically, it's a good thing. But theoretically, theor- theories don't always mean good things, you know. Um, and it's, Historic. I mean, look at you know, communist Russia, and because obviously socialism leads into communism. It doesn't always, not always that case. But once you start like, you know, ex- once the government has control, then they want more control, and that's what leads to communism. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's never good enough for some people. Like, even though they're give, be, be, being given everything, and everything is quote unquote equal or quote unquote fair or shared or whatever. That's still not good enough for some people. So then it goes to more extreme, extreme, extreme versions that don't work and everyone suffers because of it. Thank you, Seth. And he's a history major here at Fresno Pacific. So he's giving us some insight. And we have some history majors that actually think it works. So that's, <laughs> that that makes me sick a little bit. Um, well, the- you got to remember AOC studied economics in college. So uh, we <laughs> that, what does that say about the state of education? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is yeah, um, and it's funny because I think somebody was telling Greta yesterday, hey, you need to learn economics. And, and it's like when you go to college one day, and I know there's some, it's like the education system, it's, we're seeing products of our education system at work. And I don't, I think there's a lot of problems there. Yeah. Um, and like Seth said, you can keep giving people free stuff. Um, you're not going to make everybody happy. We keep throwing money at the issue here in California. Homelessness is on the rise. LA, San Francisco, look at it. It's a disaster. People living on the streets. I literally, you can't go to San Francisco anymore and walk the streets without seeing a homeless person. Yeah, so certainly can't walk the streets barefoot. You wouldn't want kinds to. of needles in your feet. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just crazy. And even here in Fresno, we do a, um, a good job, as they say, with the Mason-Dixie line of blocking off our poor in our city. Um, and we don't really see it. You kind of live in Fresno, you see some homelessness, but it's so well blocked off in our city that you don't really ever see that as an issue. You go downtown, you go O Street, N Street, there's homeless tents everywhere. We have a meth problem here. We are one of the most meth-dependent cities in the nation. Um, as drugs keep pouring across our border, there's an addiction problem here. And I think Something needs to be done about it. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just not not only sorry. Yeah, Seth, come on in, man. Not, not only from like a governmental, economic, like point of view of of socialism not working, like not, that that doesn't it doesn't work. We've seen it time and time again. But from just a personal like, um, yeah, like a personal like pleasure. Earning what you're getting feels so much better than you can give a crap. Absolutely. Because, you know, this kind of growing up, my mom, you know, oh, you know, here at Christmas, here's, you know, some toys. It was nice getting the free stuff because, like, that's the toy I wanted. But then when I, like, worked and saved my money doing chores growing up, or I, I just bought more of the newest iPhone because I worked and saved my money for it. And I can cherish this iPhone. I can cherish the, the, the toys that I bought personally or the things that I bought. I'm going to try to buy a car this year. I can cherish that car. I'm gonna buy it with my own money, not just be given some used crap. Like I'm gonna buy a used crap. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's your used. It's, it's my used because I'm buying it with my own money that I'm working towards. You don't want Bernie Sanders to issue you a car? No, <laughs> because I because I know what I can like. If it's issued to me, like oh, government issued, I get number twenty-four. <laughs> like oh, then 
if I have issues with it, they're like, oh, that's too bad, that's what you got. Yep. And we gotta go to the next guy on the list. Whereas if I, if I you know, per, go out and purchase the car, I can make sure it has the specifications that I want. Right. And if it doesn't, then I can save up more money and put the hard work into that car to making sure it has the correct engine or, you know, different things. Like um, I was borrowing my dad's car last year. Remember when my Toyota broke down? Yep, and frequently. I, and frequently <laughs> broke down. And I practically replaced the whole engine block. Not the whole engine, but like the radiator, alternator, some belts. I, I replaced a lot of that car with my own money and it runs perfectly now. Granted, I gave it back to my dad because it was his. Um, <laughs> got you around for a year. Yeah, I had it. I got me around for a little while. Um, but being able to fix those issues in my, in the vehicle I was using, it felt great to be able to use. I mean, yeah, my bank account didn't like it, but my inner peace was like, okay, I did that with myself. I didn't rely on my parents to give me the money to go to uh, an auto parts store and buy the parts. My right. dad helped me because I didn't know what parts I needed to get. <laughs> but I, you know, did yeah. And that's a and that's a thing is we look at people and they always talk about the American dream. Um, Mike Bloomberg campaigns on the national minimum wage being seven twenty five that we need to raise it to fifteen dollars if that's going to solve no. anything. No, yeah, I think it screws it screws our middle class. So we yeah. have Elizabeth Warren. Hey, we're going to strengthen the middle. Our middle class right now is booming. Yeah, so, I I think if anything, uh, a higher um, national minimum wage hurts our lower class. Those who are, are wanting to take any job they can get, and sure, uh, a job that pays seven fifteen an hour is not as nice as a job that pays fifteen an hour. But if all that's available is a job that pays seven fifteen an hour, or uh, like you're gonna take that, right? If you need the money, you're gonna take that. But if there's a, a new uh, wage floor, I think I'm thinking about this right in terms of economics. You have like a you could have a ceiling or a floor. If there's an, a wage floor at $15 an hour, that just eliminates jobs. And so people who are willing to work for $7.50 an hour now are out of a job. They don't start making $15 an hour. They start making $0. Yep. And the thing is, if you look at our minimum wage, minimum wage was never intended to be a living wage. Right. Never. It was supposed to be something that got you back off your feet if you were unemployed. It's, it's for, a high school. It's for 16-year-olds Six. working at McDonald's make sure the action don't work. Like, yeah, exactly. This is your like, your, your, trickle, your trickle experience into how working mm -hmm. a real job works. And then you go to school or you go get a big boy job mm -hmm. and making real money. Yep. Not working at McDonald's for life. Yep. And that's not what McDonald's, Mr. McDonald's wasn't what he intended. <laughs> um, and that's the one thing I look is like, as I'm a poli-sci major, what can I do to help people, especially our middle class? Because these are the people, these are like blue-collared workers in the United States. How can we help people? And the thing is, when you rise minimum wage, or raise minimum wage, sorry, um, you're literally, you got people working 18, 19, $20 an hour. You're pretty much just, you're, you're almost matching them with minimum wage. Yeah. What's the point of being a manager if you're only making $2 above exactly. your workers? Yeah. There's no incentive. Exactly. So, and why just I have minimum wages, I'm just working at McDonald's. And there's a lot of people out there, there's a, a big change. Um, Taco Bell, they've tried it a few stores in the States, um, is that they're trying to pay managers $100,000 a year. Full medical benefit, 30 days paid sick leave, blah, blah, blah. Um, it goes on and it's just like, these are this is what's gonna incentivize people to work harder. There's yep. tons of jobs, the economy's booming, unemployment's at 3.9%, which pretty much across the board, it's the lowest of any president 
ever, um, which is insane because I know even Reagan, I was looking at statistics from this point in this term, Reagan had 9% unemployment at this point, still high, but it's just, wow, 3.9%, nobody's ever heard of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah. It helps everybody from the, the lowest economic classes to the highest economic classes. It's that uh, rising tide lifts all ships kind of idea, and it, it's fantastic to see. Yep, and it's just the things that the American dream were founded on. You were given the opportunities, and if you take advantage of those opportunities and you work hard and you get the American dream, everybody has a different def definition of the American dream. But if you work hard and put your effort in and do what you need to do, you can be successful in this country. But you're not going to be doing that sitting on the couch at home watching Netflix. Right. So it sounds, sounds like some people would want to throw you into a re-education camp. You want to move on to that Project Veritas? Uh, Project Veritas, um, James O'Keefe, he does a lot of investigations into corruption in this country on both sides. Um, he does a good job here. He has a Bernie Stafford. This is the second Bernie Stafford to come out and just show their true colors. Um, we're going to play this short clip, audio clip number 24. So pretty much as you heard there, if you didn't hear it, it's kind of a little mushy clip just because of the microphones and the wires that they used to record it and stuff. And of course the music in the background doesn't help. Um, <laughs> yeah. But pretty much the fact that we should guillotine the rich, send Republicans to re-education camps, which are gulags that they used in Russia. Um, yeah, this is like Bernie Sanders' dream. Yeah. Like it's people awful. like this, people like this. They, they want him to be the top and have a few cabinet of people working and making decisions. Um, and he talks about the climate because climate change is such a big issue. Um, if, uh, if we're guillotining the rich, do we guillotine Bernie Sanders? Oh, I mean, he's a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, what do we define as the rich? The rich who aren't communists. Ah, and like I said, um, climate change, it's, it's, a, it's a top issue now. Everybody's talking yeah. about it. The climate is changing, but it's not changing as drastically as politicians make it out to be. Hasn't right. climate change been an issue for like 40, 50 years? Yeah, every 10 years, every 10 totally. years. Yeah, even I talked to my dad about this. 10 years ago, they said the world was gonna end. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> it's a quick anecdotal story real quick. Let's hear it. I was doing some homework the other day with my girlfriend and bringing her back in. And she was had to watch a video for one of her classes and it had to do with like agriculture in California. Um, it's like a California history class. You have to do just some watch, some general generalizations. This video was filmed, I don't know, quite a while ago, maybe 80s. So it wasn't the greatest quality. But even then, they were talking, oh, climate change, we're all gonna die. Like, it's, it's raising the water levels, like it's messing up crops, blah, 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 blah. Like, kind of, that same argument they're using today yep. was they were talking in this video back in the 80s or whatever it was. Wow. So it is practically almost word for word politicians are talking about that. Yeah, like, it, it's crazy. Same argument. It's crazy. And then Charlie Kirk uh, tweeted out yesterday, um, these are some facts about people that are very climate activists. So you have Al Gore, he uses 34 times more electricity as a normal household. And he was the guy that started spearheaded it in 2000. Yeah, I remember, um, I remember, I remember. yeah well, we were, we were young. I was we were, a year. 
Yeah, you were you. Same here. Same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bernie Sanders has spent over $342,000 on private jets. Think about the impeachment trial. He has to fly back and forth. Yeah. What is he? He's Vermont, right? Yeah. Vermont, Senator. Yeah. Um, and then Barack Obama, they say that we have a problem with rising sea levels, yet he just bought a house on the coast. Yeah, he's clearly very concerned about <laughs> rising sea levels, right? Oh, man. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy on the left is insane. I think we see uh, throughout time, too, that uh, conservatives tend to be better on the environment anyways. Because, like, you know, I'm going to try to take, uh, you know, or I'm going to try to drive a, a pretty economical car. Not because I cared that much about the environment, but because I'm trying to save money. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to buy more gas. And so I'm, I'm going to walk when I have the availability. I'm going to, you know, my uh, Honda Civic gets like almost 40 miles per gallon on the highway pretty regularly. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, and, and like, sure, I, I appreciate that that does help the environment, but that's not at all why I'm doing it. I care about saving money and uh, like being responsible with uh, what I have. And, and yeah, I think, you know, as Christians, we're called to be good stewards of the earth. And there's a, a case to be made for that. Uh, but I don't think you need to use political extremism to be a good steward of the earth. Yeah, I think that's some good biblical truth there. And um, yeah, it's it's a big issue, at least at least people are making it. And I don't know, it's just, it's kind of crazy. We have so many different issues we could be tackling on. Mm-hmm. The earth doesn't need us. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to pick it off, piggyback off what you kind of said. Um, I, I was reading some stuff about I think it was this past week, this past week's, um, uh, the Virginia gun protest thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was, there were some people, there's in the, wasn't there like a protest last week as well for something else or some women's one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a women's march yeah, in yeah. California. Um, there was, I, I was, this article I was reading, had like pictures of each, each one of them <laughs> and some small clips. Mm, yes, and it's a good, good story. Post protest or march right. or whatever, the California one trashes everywhere and there's clips of the Virginia one, these guys, you know, carrying around weapons, picking up after each other, like this dude dropped a candy bar wrapper and he's like patting them on the shoulder, hey, go pick up the trash and throw it away. And it, you can see very apparently the people that, oh, we gotta save the earth, trash in this place. Right. And then people that people claim, other people claim, <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna trash the earth spotless yeah picking up spotless spotless caring about the environment yeah. it's yeah. crazy and it's it's not that we don't believe that the climate that climate change is not an issue it's that it's not take care of it it's not the biggest issue facing um people today in america um we are living in great economic times and yeah it's, it's a good time to be an american um and i think we just have to be like Stuart, or chandler said i almost said Stuart. i don't know why <laughs> i don't know <laughs> cross country i don't know yeah i guess so i guess um, so yeah so um yeah, just be good stewards of the earth. Um, yeah, um, Chan, um, let's get to our closing segment. Um, I know you wanted to talk to us about something. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, today's uh, Friday, January 24th. It's the March for Life, uh, somewhere in the East Coast. I probably should have seen that a little better. Uh, but so anyways, March for Life, it's a, a pro-life uh, march. And uh, President Trump actually attended this year uh, and He's the first president ever to attend it. It started uh, right after the Roe v. Wade ruling in 1973. Um, and yeah, it, it's really great to see uh, President Trump kind of fulfill his promises to be pro-life. And um, 
So yeah, I, I think though, uh, as a, a or, or with this being in the media today, I think we should talk a little bit about abortion and uh, you know just solidify to the audience our um, our pro life stance. Uh, like you know, you, you can go really any way with this uh, talking uh, or you know making the pro life argument, but basically we recognize that human life begins at conception and that it's incredibly important to protect the life of those who can't protect themselves. I think uh, this has been a Judeo-Christian idea for uh, thousands of years now. And it's really, I mean, it seems like common moral sense to, all right, here's this, uh, this fetus that can't protect itself. It's a human life. And it's everybody else's job to uh, defend that life of the fetus and to, to protect it, um, not only up to the point where it gets born. This is a common um, pro-abortion argument is like, oh, you care about it until it gets born. And then once it's born, you just want it to die in the cruel world. Like, no, we, we want to see um, every human life get to um, have some flourishing. You know, that's... Uh, the, that idea that um, humans are made in the image of God and as a result deserve um, a chance at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's our, our basic claim. I think if you're out there listening and you're pro-life that you should uh, have some good arguments to uh, counter pro-choice arguments. I think that's uh, one uh, responsible thing you can do because there's tons of people who just haven't heard, you know, like, or, or haven't seen a, a picture of a fetus at like three months or, or so. And you're like, oh shoot, that's a person. And, and I think uh, the more people are educated on this topic, the more people will become pro-life and the whole pro-abortion, pro-choice movement of really human sacrifice for the betterment of uh, your own life uh, it will be seen as not only a, as foolish but as downright evil and demonic so yeah that's my little uh, pro-life spiel Matt any closing thoughts um yeah Chan you always uh, kill it when it comes to our closing segment um yeah I just think like we he said um starts at conception and late term abortions are a big issue in this country. Gosh, yeah. Um, as we saw with Planned Parenthood and the selling of baby parts and different things and videos we've seen over the past five years. Um, yeah, it's a really, really sick and we have doctors and that'll do this secretly in their house. And yeah, I just, it's, it's taking away the next Albert Einstein, the next Martin Luther King. We're taking lives away of people that um, could be doing real change in this world and you're just you're stopping these these babies from living um, a truly extraordinary life um, yeah that's my uh, thoughts on that yeah, I know awesome. Seth our special guest today um, any thoughts on um, this issue at all yeah yeah uh, I have, I have thoughts. Um, so kind of based on what Taylor said like what um, what Chan said is specifically said um, rattle it off uh, <laughs> Um, so basically, so to kind of speed it up, uh, so my family partakes in the foster care system and awesome, yeah. we have adopted um, a, a little girl um, this past year and 
you know, there's, you know, there's this, the claim you were saying like, oh, you know, you're gonna let them be born in this cruel world where no one cares about them, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I don't, I think, so, very similar to the channel, like, no, give them a chance in life to succeed. Um, and then there's always that very common counterclaim. Oh, you know, but they, they put them in the foster care system, it sucks. And yeah, it does suck. Foster care system sucks. The adoption system sucks. Um, my family and, and I, um, we've been through a lot when in the foster care system. Um, some of the kids we've had had to go back to their family because legally their family was cleaned up or anything, but we know they were going back to a really crappy household. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks, it's heartbreaking. There's been several nights I stay awake just wondering what's going to happen to that child when he goes home to his family. Mm-hmm. What, what it's going to happen, what environment is he going to be in? Um, and I, I think. The abortion issue isn't a white or black thing. You know, it's not, oh, it is bad. But it's not, you know, black or white, yes or no. There's so much more that needs to branch off of that, that coincides like on a freeway. Two lanes have to work together mm-hmm. to get it fixed. Um, so if you want the abortion issue to change and abortion issue to be fixed, quote unquote, we need to change the foster care system. We need to change the governmental aid thing. It, more people just need to be caring enough to do it. Mm-hmm. It's hard, yes. Life's hard. Just add more things to your plate. Not a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. But and, and I think too, and this will probably have to wrap us up. But like, yeah. what kind of people do you see trying to actively pursue change in the foster care system and with um, adoption? It's usually conservatives. It's yeah. usually uh, yes. people of a strong religious background, mm-hmm. uh, a strong moral background, and these are the people who are also pro-life like yeah. there's no there's no coincidence it's not like uh, the leftist who says oh it's a women's a woman's choice and i also don't care what happens with the adoption system and with the foster care system like when, that, when, it's so uh, hypocritical when my family and i were, were deciding we're going to adopt this little girl and we were talking to people about it you know getting their opinion on what we should do and if we should go through with it the people said Heck yeah, do it when people are at church. Mm-hmm. The people that said, I don't know, I mean, in quick family history, my youngest brother, biological brother, is 18. So my mom's starting over, we have a two year old now. Um, and when we were starting that process of adoption, the people said, I don't know, you're kind of crazy for doing this. But the people that weren't religious, mm-hmm. that were yep. most likely left leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's very true what Chandler just said. Like, yeah. Yeah, thanks for your input. That's course, a, a yeah. great personal you know, story. And it's crazy, yeah, that um, when we're talking about the left, the Socialist Party mm-hmm. being the people of pro-choice and the result of socialism and the many millions of deaths that it's created in the past hundred years. Um, yeah, you look at just the USSR, how many people they lost in the war and how many people that were killed within the war. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. What was it, 22 million people? Yeah, somewhere? It's roughly, number, there's yeah. always a number that's out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really um, crazy. And then um, an article from uh, 2017, that's a um, couple of years back, but they said that uh, 20% of Americans think that um, that it's morally wrong. Um, 20% think that it's morally acceptable to do. 31% think of, think of it as a moral, not a moral issue. Um, and it's just kind of crazy to think about. Um, and then the last step being that half half of Americans say that abortion is wrong. So in the overall big picture, um, yeah, it's a it's a big issue. It's not something to be taken lightly. Um, I think it's something that people have to um, really like 
go deep into their heart and think what they really think on this issue instead of believing what our media continues to spew out. It's yeah. the media shouldn't define what you believe. Yeah. It should be what you believe in your heart. Um, and I think that's that's part of our American duty is to educate yourself um, and just do do what your heart feels, but also it's don't let other outside things factor into what you believe. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think it, based off the stats you gave and uh, if people were to do that, I think we would have basically a pro-life country. I, you know, with uh, 50% of Americans believing that it's wrong, roughly, um, you know, if, if 50% of people voted for something in this country, it would largely swing that way because of, you know, an undecided factor that makes up the, the other 50%. I think, yeah, we're certainly addressing perhaps one of the greatest human rights uh, issues ever um, with uh, wide scale abortion, where you get, um, you know, comedians and politicians saying like, shout your abortion and like, um, my abortion allowed me to have a, a, success, a successful life. Are you kidding me? You have to kill a person to have a successful life? Not in America. There's so much opportunity here, um, but people just have to be willing to, uh, to work for it and sometimes delay gratification. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts, Seth, as we finish um, up our show today? Not much to say thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Hopefully we can do this again. Almost definitely, yeah. Um, just a quick uh, future thing. Star Wars Star Wars is coming out pretty soon, so I know for sure I'll be back on to talk about that. Yeah, something not political. Yeah. Just like we had Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, stay tuned for that Super Bowl commercial, but... Disney yeah. Plus is not a sponsor. Yeah, Disney Plus is not a sponsor. Thank you, Chan. Uh, um, but yeah, just um, closing, um, go out and work hard and just do something that you believe in and fight for what you believe in. Um, I think that's a big issue today um, that we face. And yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yep, yeah, we'll see you guys later.